Sorta Kinda Superpowered by James Kennison. Chapter 11. The Final Chapter. A purple helicopter swept overhead and came down in the front yard, blocked from view by the house. Joseph saw the Superior Industries logo in gold along its side. Those are Visser's people, Joseph cried. He must have a cell phone. They're going to take him. Hurry! And he started for the back door. Captain Mighty didn't follow. He was still hugging his daughter. Clovis was still hugging him. Clovis was a good friend, but he was a good friend who really needed a hospital. Joseph heard scuffling inside, but took the hint and closed the door. What was he going to do without the pen anyway? He strolled back over. His heroic grandfather smiled and raised his perfectly sculpted arm to include him. Joseph laid his head against that massive chest, and even though Grandpa was totally ripped, it felt the same as back in the TV room talking about troubles. The helicopter spun up louder and could be seen rising over the roof line. The side door was open wide and they could see Visser propped up inside, several attendants working on his wounds. He had on a pair of sunglasses which made him look more like he was on vacation than on the way to a top secret medical facility. He was smiling and waving. He shouted something that Joseph couldn't make out over the noise of the blades. Up, up it rose, then pitched forward, and soon disappeared behind the tall pines surrounding the yard. I wonder what he said, Joseph said. I really can't repeat it, Captain Mighty said. We'll have to watch out for that one. He might not have his enhancements any longer, but he's still powerful. Dad, Mrs. Gardner said, I have so many questions. Let's go inside, Captain Mighty suggested. It was difficult to find a place for everyone to sit that wasn't completely destroyed. The kitchen table was righted, and three chairs allowed for them to sit facing one another. Clovis was standing nearby, not lucid enough to know what to do with himself. His hand and wrist were swollen. An ugly purple handprint wrapped around his forearm where Visser clamped down. Let me deal with Clovis real quick, Captain Mighty said. He faced Clovis and took a deep breath. Clovis went slack. Captain Mighty caught him and laid him across the table. It's a little trick I learned, he said to Joseph. I inhale the oxygen from the air around his head for just a moment, puts him right to sleep. He held up the mangled and lumpy arm, rotating it gently. See-through vision doesn't come in as handy as often as you'd think, he said, scanning Clovis's arm. But when you need it, there's nothing better. He laid the broken wrist across Clovis's chest and began moving his fingers here and there across the arm. The skin on Clovis's wrist moved as if it were being filled with bees. The bones inside were moving. Joseph could hear little cracking noises that reminded him of Rice Krispies and milk. Dexter never mastered the matter manipulation enhancement, he sighed. It's not something you would pick up on your own. I was trained for years by your great-grandmother, Miss Model. Granny was a hero, Miss Gardner popped up. Are there any other heroes in the family I should know about? Captain Mighty winked up at Joseph. Just one, he said. Clovis's arm was returning to a more natural color. After another moment, he lifted Clovis's hand in his own and jerked upward. There was a sickening series of crunches as the newly reconstructed wrist bone shifted into place. He laid Clovis's arm by his side. We'll let him sleep, Captain Mighty said, but Clovis bounced up like a wound spring. It's late. I'm going to be in trouble. Why does my arm itch? He had clearly awoken from a dream. Bye, guys. Thanks for dinner. 
Joseph shook his head, smiled, and waved goodbye. Do you think you'll be okay, Captain Mighty said. Absolutely not, but he manages, Joseph said. Mother wiped down a table and set out some sandwich stuff. She sat down close to her father. It was time for questions and answers. She opened her mouth to begin, but Captain Mighty interrupted. Dexter Visser, Captain Mighty clucked his tongue. He went by Dexter Sims back then. He told you most of the story. He did work with me at the community center. Not that he was ever much help. He was a spoiled wannabe rich kid who thought he was too good for everyone else. The kids saw it and kept their distance. I didn't know he was selling pot until his tell-all today. I was too focused on what I was doing both at the center and around the country. I've had a long time to think about what happened. He did rip those pins out of my life and it nearly did me in, but I probably wasn't there for him as I should have been. Mom leaned in and put her head on his massive shoulder. You can't blame yourself, she said. You heard him. He knew what you were about and he chose a different path. I took the theft of those pins pretty hard. My mother handed them down to me as I said. She received them from Sergeant Sudden when she was young. 114 years of enhanced heroes and I, a married father of three, was chosen. I felt like I was the luckiest guy on earth. I wasn't chosen just because my mother had been. My own mother said, The pins choose those who express goodness to others without thought of reward. I had been working at that center with those kids for years and didn't think anyone had noticed. He turned to Joseph. Your mom will tell you we weren't exactly raking in the dough, but we were happy. Mrs. Gardner nodded in agreement. I lost your grandma the year before you were born, Joseph. I moved into a small apartment above the center. I worked all day and popped out at night to help all those that I could. I should have kept the pins locked up, but I was naive and trusting. I had done things the same way for 35 years. One day, Dexter didn't come in. I was worried that he'd had an accident or something. That evening, when I opened the wooden box that had housed my pins for so many years, it was empty. My heart broke deep in my chest. I knew immediately it was Dexter. I was such a fool to not lock them up. I wasn't careful, and it bit me in the butt. I ran out to the alley hoping to catch a glimpse of him to tell him that his plans wouldn't work. The pins were only for selflessness and there was nothing selfless about Dexter Sims. I wept aloud for a long while. I blacked out in that alley and when I came to, they said I'd had a stroke. Suddenly I couldn't talk. I couldn't move. I had to live with my lovely daughter and become a burden on her and her husband who were already struggling so much in their marriage. Mom squeezed her father's neck. It was odd for Joseph seeing his mom fawning over this attractive young man, but he knew without the pins and the transformation, this conversation wouldn't be possible. And to top it all off, he sighed, I was left watching TV every day, seeing this new Dr. Superior, what a name, making sure a camera crew caught every heroic feat. I watched as every day he worked some new angle and enjoyed the many rewards that his theft had brought him. That was my reward for 35 years of selfless service. Then I had to watch you guys go through the same thing when your dad left. A faithful wife and loving son lost their family through no fault of their own, suddenly scrimping and living paycheck to paycheck, shopping for secondhand bargains, and all because of someone else's sins. He looked into Joseph's eyes. And all those nights you laid your head on my knee and shared the beliefs you formed based on the pain that you were experiencing. I wanted to tell you that even trapped inside my own body, 
by the actions of a boy I tried to save that I had no regrets. How can you say that when things ended so bad for you? Joseph asked. The end of my story didn't erase the story itself. Dexter took the pins, but he wasn't able to take away all that I had accomplished, the lives that I had saved, and the one I saved him for. I still relish every moment of the enhanced season of my life, and I will still say, in spite of it all, that it was worth it. Joseph felt himself grow up a little bit inside, just hearing his grandfather's wisdom, but he struggled to apply it to his own situation. But I look at our life, Grandpa, Joseph said, and I look at my dad's and I just can't see how good wins. Your father's choices may seem to have benefited him, Captain Mighty said, but trust me, he has lost much more than he gained. I know, Joseph said, you're going to say that he lost me and mom. The pins were taken from me before I was able to train my successor. The selection had been made, but the pins decided when it was time. Had it been time, I find it quite ironic now to tell you that the pins had chosen your father. Joseph blinked. Excuse me? What? He said in disbelief. Even Miss Gardner popped her head up in surprise. Ten years ago, your father Bradford was quite a different man. He trained for years to become a surgeon and became a darn good one. He chose to work with organizations that help provide medical care for those who could not afford it. He did this out of the goodness of his heart, not for the goodness of his wallet. Only your father got bitter, Captain Mighty continued. Other doctors were driving nice cars, buying houses, joining country clubs, golf every Sunday morning, and a different girl on their arm every week. Your father started feeling like he was being penalized for the work he was doing, Mrs. Gardner added. So he decided to do something about it. He picked up the first nurse that made him feel like a hunk and left his charity work and left us both almost overnight. In doing so, he disqualified himself from becoming one of the enhanced, Captain Mighty said. The pins no longer wanted him. When selfishness is surface, selfishness surfaces, Captain Mighty said. That's what your great-grandmother taught me. It means that if you put others first, but only when it's easy, selfishness is what comes out when things get tough. And she was right. When things got tough for him, your father made it his job to see that he was taken care of. In doing so, he missed out on the chance to become a hero. And he'll never even know, Joseph said. I used to hate him. I was even jealous of him. Now I just feel sorry for him. Joseph felt the dark anger in his heart fade away. You should feel sorry for him. He has not only missed out on his appointment as an enhanced, he's also lost the best little family in the entire world. Captain Mighty slipped his hand across the table and into Joseph's. My son, he said, you have been through so much in the past two weeks. You were tempted to make selfish choices, but instead you sacrificed your own happiness to do what was right. I gave a pen to a maniac, Joseph said. I don't feel like that was the right thing. You believed the pen belonged to Dexter and you returned it at great personal cost. When things got tough for you, selfishness did not come out selflessness did your days of being punished for doing the right thing are over son what do you mean joseph asked your father disqualified himself captain mighty explained the pins have searched for and found a worthy replacement joseph they have chosen you in his place joseph stood straight up in his chair he was cautious having been here before hoping for this moment he didn't want to get too excited yet 
Are you sure, Grandpa? He asked, his voice quivering. You said earlier that the pen only came to you to get to me. And that is true, Captain Mighty said. But it came to me so that I could give them both to you. Joseph cut loose. He jumped and spun. He hugged his gigantic grandpa, his mother. He pumped his fists in the air, crying out in pure joy. Thank you, thank you, he shouted. I can't believe this. It's what I've dreamed of. It was close there for a moment. If you had kept that pen, you would have disqualified yourself. But in sacrificing your half powers, you secured your place in a long line of special, selfless people. Captain Mighty stood and ceremoniously placed his hands on Joseph's shoulders. My boy, my marvelous, brave, selfless boy, I now relinquish my ownership of the pens of enhancement, bestowing on you the powers they provide and the great service that they require. May your eyes keep you focused on what is most important in life. May your mind always pursue true justice for all. And may your heart lead you in the path of the one higher than us all. Captain Mighty, Grandpa, he sat back down. I can feel my real self growing very tired. Please claim the pins, Joseph. And D, he said to his daughter, this will not be the only time we speak, but it is one of the last. God bless you, Joseph. God bless you, Dolores. I love you both so much. We love you too, Mrs. Gardner said, and buried her face into her father's arm. Joseph reached up to Captain Mighty's collar to remove the first pin. He spun the clasp, lifted the needle, and removed the first pin. In a flash, Captain Mighty was gone. Grandpa, albeit a healthier-looking one, was sitting in his place. Joseph placed the first pin on the table. The second one came out easily, and Joseph watched as the muscles in his grandfather's arms and legs shrank. The veins in his arms darkened, his handsome face now hollow, skin sagging. Grandpa's finger was moving, pointing at the pins. You want me to put them on now? Joseph asked, looking for an answer in his eyes. Grandpa gave a definite grunt that made it clear what he wanted. Joseph once again set the needles through the cloth in his shirt, fiddling for the clasp. He had tried both pins on before, and nothing had happened, and he knew why now. They were saving it for Grandpa. Now they had chosen him this time, and he knew it would be different. The second needle finally seated itself in the clasp. Joseph spun it and waited. At first there was nothing, and then light surrounded him just as it had his grandfather. He closed his eyes to the brightness of it. The message was back again, a little modified and bolder than ever. Whoever these pins may choose will find his state in life improve. Selfish gain will not work out. Selflessness brings great power out. If bravely you defend the good and battle evil like you should, then we are here to help that cause, but keep us safe from thieving claws. There was an extra bit scrolling up from the bottom. With half of us you showed great skill. We're both here now, your powers filled. Return from the dark will now bring the light, crushing wrong done, rebuilding the right. Your enhancements will grow. We enhance what we find. So as you grow up, don't just grow up outside. The light subsided. Joseph opened his eyes and had to look way down to see his mother and grandfather. He could feel his hair brushing against the ceiling. Mom was smiling through the hands that she had cupped across her mouth. Grandpa was still, but those eyes... They were proud eyes. 
Joseph turned to the large mirror that usually hung on the wall over the kitchen table. It was gone, broken beyond use. He looked back at his wonderful family and asked the only question he could think of. How do I look? This is the end of Sorta Kinda Superpowered. I'm James Kennison, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my book. If it meant anything to you, if you enjoyed it at all, please let me know. Email me at james at nlcast.com. And again, thank you for joining Joseph and Clovis and all the other folks on this journey. It was a lot of fun to write, and I'm glad you got a chance to hear it. Visit sortakindasuperpower.com for updates, hero illustrations, and more. Goodbye.